Welcome everyone to The Spoken Nerd, the podcast about database technology. I'm your host, Connor McDonald, and in this episode, we keep chatting to Optimizer product manager, Nigel Bayless. One of the topics about the Optimizer that always raises the anxiety levels is what's going to happen when you upgrade your database. In this episode, I get Nigel's thoughts on best practices on the Optimizer and ensuring consistent performance during the all-fraught time of upgrading your database to the next version. When people upgrade, in particular people, the people who are moving from 11 upwards, they're making that big yep. jump, probably 11 to 19 or 11 to 12. Up until now, they've probably, if they've got histograms, they've got a whole stack of height balance histograms. Right. And obviously, and obviously they're going to become hybrids. Yes. Would your recommendation be that as a result, when they do that upgrade, they should forcibly gather stats on anything that has histograms because the general perception or my perception has been that height balance at its very best can only be as good as hybrid but generally it's going to be worse right so yeah this is something actually i used to that i spoke to mike dietrich about some time ago in fact because it is interesting if you kind of think it through as i do <laughs> probably during a tortured night's sleep is that <laughs> this is a scenario that i've seen where you've got say your 11g database and you just upgrade it you know overnight bang in place upgrade at that point then you know it's basically the same but then over a period of time depending on how how much dml is happening your status becomes stale and they get regathered so what you've got really is this sort of moving platform of histograms that yeah we're height balanced and now gradually becoming hybrids this then can extend over a period of i don't know weeks months whatever a long time and i think sometimes that will cause at least some plans to change while that's happening and i think that that can be disturbing well it, it is because of, i think as i discussed earlier really or at least implied that dbas don't like things changing them really without knowing why and they don't certainly don't want things to get worse and this can be an extended period of, of change yeah so i think what can happen that then we can be a victim of that as and when i say we i mean the optimizer can be a victim of that because basically uh, this optimizer is unstable every day i'm getting different plans that what's going on why what's happening and i think quite often it can be this gradual change of the the height balance to the hybrids so my preference if i were doing it and i'm not going to label this best practice or anything but to me it seems like a good thing to do is to attempt at least to do what you say which is to get the stats done and you know if you're in the lucky world where you can test an upgrade i would be testing it gathering stats straight away and getting the clean set of refreshed stats and who knows there may be bugs sometimes well there can be bugs uh, that you got uh, that have been fixed in a later version and that in itself can change a plan this is the horror really of being me because we make things better and people say you've made it worse and you think actually no we have actually made it better because all of these things are now working better but unfortunately you've been unfortunate here that this thing that we've made better has caused you an issue and that can again always happen unfortunately but if i was going for it at 11 
to 19 say i'd want to get stats fresh straight away on the 19 if that's viable when i talk about this in the past i normally say look at gathering stats fast you can do that there are concurrent and and parallelism that you can use to gather your stats much more quickly than you might otherwise believe i will return to upgrade shortly given the result but just given that you mentioned dealing with gathering stats more quickly Let's assume we're dealing with some of these really big tables that we'll assume they're partitioned. Where should we, do you think we should have stats? Because obviously you have them at the table level. You can have them at the partition level. You can even have them at sub-partition level. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think by default we get them at global and partition and not sub-partitioners. I think the sub-partition one is if it's a hash, you don't. Whereas if it's a list, you will. And I'm now going to say don't quote me on that, but I'm fairly sure that's the case. So what are your thoughts on, obviously, the more levels we have the stats... I suppose there's, A, it takes longer to get them, but also there's the risk of, I suppose, that it's tough to infer detail from summary, but vice versa, if you have both stats on both. What are your thoughts? Should we be gathering stats on all three levels if we have sub-partitioning or just go with the defaults? Or I can almost predict the way this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, use the defaults unless you have a reason not to. It's always that. And then I must admit, sometimes it's difficult for me to envisage a scenario where it's hard for me to make up a scenario where it would make sense to deviate from the default that's part of my ivory tower problem to some degree because i i seem i don't have i can't see what everybody's yeah, doing of course, yeah. of course so i just try and keep things simple keep it simple just do what it says and then if you find that's not working for you then do something different i think it's always dangerous to try and overthink or anticipate problems when they may not actually happen i, I don't know i think that's a sort of a mistake that i've certainly made in the past where i've overthought something and i've done all this work when really what was the point but of course in autonomous database we don't gather stats on partitions by default we only gather them at the at the global level at the moment and that may change i don't know it may change but that's what it is certainly at the moment so either either approach is valid okay that's interesting along the same line of gathering stats i know we have the facility to use parallel mm -hmm. but we also in in more recent releases have this thing called concurrent stats gathering yeah and presumably you know with some preferences you could even do parallel and concurrent stats you gathering can at the same time. yes just to help explain to, to listeners, where do you see the use cases for each? Yeah, so parallel is easy. And so the first step is, do I need to make stats gathering faster? That's the first thing. Do I need to make it faster? Then the next thing is, have I got spare machine resources when I do it? Because the only way to make stats gathering faster is to consume more resource. And that's CPU and storage bandwidth you know you are going to consume more of that you need resource before you start changing anything uh, if the machine's fully utilized then the odds of you making stats go faster are are slim things running smacked against 100 percent and then the easy thing to do is to just use the auto parallel so in other words we decide what degree to run the gather for depending on the size of the object i would then use resource manager and say I want to cap this so that, you know, I'm going to choose this as my limit and I'll use resource manager to do that. That's what I would do. That's the way I would use it. And then I would just use that. Now, if that is not fast enough for whatever reason, then I would maybe look further into concurrent, but you have to be careful with concurrent. You do have to make sure that you're using resource manager for certain, because once you're running things in parallel concurrently, even serial 
jobs concurrently, you can absolutely flood the machine. You know, you can eat it alive. And so you do need to know what you're doing when you do that. And that's my opinion is resource manager is a very good tool for doing that. In other words, use the auto degree first, uh, first and foremost. If you're slightly more control freaky, you know, set the parallel that you want and then use resource management if you're using auto. So you know what the cap is. And then if you need to move beyond there, then you can look at concurrent, I would say. I would do it in that kind of order. Uh, concurrent's harder to control as well because it relies on the job processes and it will just tend to take them. So unless you limit those, it can really just keep grabbing and grabbing and grabbing. So that's the, one of the, my reasons for saying use resource manager to sort of control that kind of scenario. But I must admit, I from the tests I've done, in most cases, the degree gives you, well, it gives you a lot. But I tell you what, the more you think about it, the more complicated it can get. If you really want to think hard about it, if you've got 5 million small objects. Parallel doesn't help you at all. Yeah, so, Parallel's yeah. not going to help you. So concurrent is then really the only answer. <laughs> then you've got the other end of the spectrum where you've got one six terabyte table concurrent. No, and it's not partition. Well, forget concurrency. You've got to run it in parallel. So one of the things I've got to say with these podcasts make me nervous because I think every single thing I say can be contradicted with an example that proves the opposite. <laughs> I'm glad you made that point. It's an important point to make because I have the same problem where I gave a talk for DOAG on tips and tricks. And the very first slide, I, I had some of these things that are undocumented, you test them yourself and you speak to support to get clarification on usage before proceeding. That was the opening slide. And of course, all people then took was screen dumps all the way through the talk. <laughs> and like <laughs> all over Twitter is, ah, set this, set that, change that. And I'm like, you know, these things happen. So yes, anyone listening, if you've made it through to here, I can't stress enough. These are all our thoughts and be aware that for everything we say, there's most probably a counter example. Yeah, I think there always is. So you do have to always be careful, take things with a pinch of salt, you know, as I say, and sometimes I can get paralyzed by it. I want to say something affirmative and definitive, but I realize in the back of my mind, I know I'm aware where this is not always going to be the right answer, but what do you do? Otherwise, I would hardly say anything or everything I said would nest down forever, you know, and I'd never get anything out. So you've always got to think about, you've got to apply your skill as a developer or your skill as an engineer or a database administrator. That's what you're there for, let's face it. Your skill, aren't you? So you've always got to apply that to anything that is said because like the gather stats example I said there, you, a valuable exercise I've always thought is to just look at the endpoints. You know, you do that in maths, don't you? You kind of look at what is the extreme end of these two scenarios? And then it's like best practice, isn't it? Where we say, just use the auto stats job. And then you'll immediately say, ah, but I'm running this job here and it depends on stats being ready immediately. And, and there's an immediate exception to what is otherwise best practice. Cycling back to upgrade, mm -hmm. given that you said the term best practice, and I know whenever people say best <laughs> practice, they always say what's the best practice for upgrading. But we, we've spoken about, I think we've done SPM to death in terms of there is that opportunity if people do want to look at SPM in terms of upgrade. And I think that's well, well documented on your blog. 
Um, in fact, I sh- of course, I haven't mentioned the blog while on this whole podcast. It's blogs.oracle.com slash optimizer. That's where you find all of Nigel's fantastic content. But I wanted to circle back to Upgrade for a personal reason. I was reading Mike Dietrich's blog the other day, and he was talking about applying some RUs. I think it was 1913 or 1912 or something. And he mentioned something which, I have to admit, I've been out of the Upgrade game for a little while, about calling a routine, I think it's DVMS Optim Bundle or something. Oh, yeah. And it seems to set a whole stack of fixed control parameters. Can you elucidate a little bit on the fixed control parameter and then maybe we'll morph it into its relationship to what you do when you're applying RUs. Okay, so first of all, I will say this is not my hot topic because the opt-in bundle wasn't done by the optimizer group. Okay, it was done as a, I guess, under the auspices of Mike, for example, in that they needed this ability. And I think it came from customer requirements. I don't really know the entire history of where it came from, if I'm honest. But we, it's again, it's something I discussed with Mike and others about what do we do with this so i have an opinion on it but i'm not really convinced that it's the the bottom line here but the way i see the opt-in bundle is is that it does control fixed controls and and what fixed controls are is a number essentially they are used as switches in the code to turn things on and off so if you for example turn a fixed control off that usually means you are switching a code path off that was potentially added to fix a bug. That's kind of the general case in which they used, I guess. So they control the code path, basically. That's what fixed controls are. So is it is the most common case someone trying to revert to a previous behavior? Yeah, so let's say there was a patch, a pl- there's a patch for a certain problem. And let's, for the sake of argument, say that patch is, is actually enabled, right? It's there, it's sitting there and it's in use, but you find that it causes a regression in your query performance or something. If you then set fixed control for that patch to zero, then it turns that change off and then you'll get the behavior before. So that's what a fixed control does. So in essence, it's fairly simple. But then the question I guess is, what should I do with this DBMS opt-in bundle patch when I upgrade an RU, should I turn them all on? And I have discussed this and I'm sure opinions differ I think the way that I've always seen it is that we've provided these fixes in with the RU and think of them as um, patches. They're just like, they're there, but they're not on. And it's rather like you saying, I've got this problem and I need this patch. You get it from Oracle and you apply the patch. Whereas we're kind of making that mechanism more, much easier by saying, well, this patch exists and you can have it just by turning this switch on. So you don't have to apply the patch. So I've always seen it like that. And so I thought, if I had that mindset, then that means that if I upgrade an RU, I don't do anything like turning them on. Being Them being off by default is what I want. You know what I mean? Isn't, isn't it? Until proven otherwise and support say you need for your particular issue here, you need to turn this on, this fixed control on. And then that's like applying a fat patch to fix the problem. So in my simple world, which is not the real world, that's how I see it. And I think that to me makes sense. I don't want to speak for Mike. I'm not 100% sure what his opinion on it is on it. I suppose now that you've said it that way, I, I can relate this back to, bear with me on this terrible metaphor, about when people upgrade from 11 to 12. People used to say to me, should I set the adaptive features on or off? And I always used to say, well, there's two answers, obviously. But I would say, if your system is running great now and you're happy with it, why not start with adaptive off and then you can explore it over time? 
If your system is running like a giant crap show, what is to lose by, by turning the adaptive features on? The likelihood is things will be better. Nothing's going to get worse because you're already in a bad place. I sort of see this fixed control is similar. If I've got a system where I've got, you know, my system is running fine, then why would I go tinkering with these things? Yeah. What motivates you to make a change? If I know that I'm going to an RU because A, I'm getting my latest patch of security patches, but also I've got a few real pain points, this RU claims to fix them. I suppose I like that fact. I've now got the choice that I can basically choose and selectively choose where I think I should be going. But I do take your point. I probably wouldn't just run in and say, okay, I've applied an RU, therefore it's time to bang the fixed controls on as well. Because I suppose that the, the risk the risk scenario there is getting high. I mean, I think different people have different approaches, of course. So again, I fear retribution from saying that. You know, you just think, you know, I can see there are a lot of different sides to this, but I, I do think my general approach, as again going on what I would do in the past, is let's just be do things carefully. Unless you can test the system to the nth degree, which seems almost nobody can, unfortunately, then you, you're going to try and keep things pretty consistent and i must admit i do get burned by people at user groups that say why did you change this default and it's a funny contradiction of course that people want things to change and improve but they don't like defaults changing but in a way i don't know part of the reason we do that is because we believe the new default is an improvement you know we, we don't do it maliciously but um i do try my best to try and make it clear what things have changed in terms of defaults as best i can but the truth is sometimes i, I fail on that but i do try to do that as much as possible so people at least are aware as we said out to get you mode comes in 25c is that <laughs> Yeah, this is it. And, and that does stir up a lot of passion. You know, I, again, I'm thinking of my user group experiences. It is something that uh, people get re really passionate about, if that's the right word. It is the right word, pretty, pretty much, yeah. When it comes to finding out what people are really passionate about on the Optimizer, the best way, obviously, is to reach out to the source. So I posted on Twitter asking for questions I could present to Nigel. We'll cover them in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this podcast. The music credit goes to Zanman from Pixabay Music.